singing them. We're going to be going to Matthew chapter 2 in just a moment. Matthew chapter 2 in just a minute. I want to share real quick uh, before we get there. You know, this week, within a couple of days, it might have actually gone out Friday or Saturday, there's a mailer about Bethel Friends inviting everybody to... Um, to our Christmas services and our different Advent services, and it's going to every home in Poland, in the Poland area. Some 10,000, wasn't it, around there, Elaine? And we have extras of this mailer. It's a nice little postcard, which I think Elaine Kish really helped us with. And we're going to have extras to give out to you. And as we have visitors, and hopefully we will have visitors this season, it's important for all of us to be greeting people and you know, and getting to know people and being relational and being hospitable and being loving, you know, and not being clicky. Um, I was at a church once where we actually had the church secret shopped, so to speak. I don't know if you know that term, secret shopped. We use it in the restaurant business. It means somebody would come in through our drive through and nobody would know they were from corporate and they would evaluate us. So we had our church secret shopped by somebody. And then he gave us a report and he said, we could tell you loved every, you, we could tell you loved each other. But it wasn't noticeable that you loved the new person coming in. <laughs> and we don't want to be that way here. We want to be hospitable, loving, relational. So, And also, let me share, it's important on every one of us, it's important for every one of us to invite people to worship. And the personal invites are the most important and the most impacting. So maybe think about somebody who you know who's not attending church anywhere um, and invite them to worship this year. Now, my challenge continues to keep Christ in Christmas, keep Christ in Christmas. And let me ask you, is it possible to go through the Christmas season and miss Christmas? Is it possible to go through the Christmas season and miss Christmas? I think it is possible, and it's happening all over the country and probably the world. The world is good at taking a nice Christian holy day, holiday comes from holy day, holiday, holy day, and making it secular in nature, making it about, you know, the wrong things. A lady had taken her five-year-old son shopping at a large department store during the Christmas season. She knew it'd be fun for him to see all the decorations and window displays and toys and Santa Claus, and she dragged him by the hand twice as fast as his little legs could move. He began to fuss and cry, clinging to his mother's coat. Good heavens, what on earth is the matter with you, she scolded impatiently. I brought you with me to get in the Christmas spirit. Santa doesn't bring toys to little crybabies. His fussing continued as she tried to find some bargains during the last-minute rush on December 23rd. I'm not going to take you shopping with me ever again if you don't stop that whimpering. Oh, well... Maybe it's because your shoes are untied and you're tripping over your own laces, she said, kneeling down in the aisle to tie his shoes. And as she knelt down beside him, she happened to look all around. For the first time, she viewed the department store through the eyes of her five-year-old. From that position, there were no baubles, no bangles, beads, presents, gaily decorated display tables, or animated toys. All that could be seen was a maze of corridors, too high to see above, full of giant stovepipe legs and huge posteriors. These mountaineers, these mountainous strangers with feet as big as skateboards were pushing and shoving and bumping and thumping and rushing and crushing. Rather than fun, the scene looked absolutely terrifying. She elected to take her child home and vowed to herself never to impose her version of a good time on him again. 
On the way out of the store, the mother noticed Santa Claus seated at a, in a pavilion decorated like the North Pole. She knew that letting her little boy meet Santa Claus in person would go a long way toward his remembering the Christmas shopping disaster as a pleasant rather than unpleasant experience. Honey, go stand in line with the other children and then sit up on Santa's lap, she continued. Tell him what you want for Christmas and smile while you're talking so we can take your picture for the family album. Even though a Santa Claus was standing outside the store entrance ringing a bell, and although they had seen another Santa at the previous shopping center, the little five-year-old was pushed forward to enjoy a personal chat with the real Santa, the real one. When the, stranger, when the strange looking man with the beard, glasses, and red suit stuffed with pillows hoisted the little boy onto his lap and he laughed loudly and tickled the little boy in the ribs. And what would you like for Christmas, son? Santa boomed jovially. I'd like to get down, was the little boy's response. <laughs> and as we consider that, you know, even in that illustration, the mother got down to her little boy's level and Praise God, as we remember this season, Jesus stooped down to our level. God became a man to live amongst us as a perfect example of obedience and then die in our place, substituting himself on the cross. But even in that example, what's Christmas about? What's Christmas about? Is it commercialism? Is it marketing? Charlie Brown knew, but do we know and do we keep Christ in Christmas? If you watch television, Christmas is not about Christ. I'm going to invite Ken and Nancy to show this short video clip from the movie Elf.
So if you watch movies and TV, what's, what's Christmas about? And if you watch any of the classic movies, we see what they might think Christmas is about. And, you know, think about them. It's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful Christmas movie. I would enjoy it year-round. But I don't believe it has much or anything about Christ. Actually, I think there's pretty much nothing about Christ in It's a Wonderful Life besides some bad theology. I'm not saying don't watch it. It's a good movie. What about a Christmas story? Anybody seen a Christmas story about the Red Rider BB gun? Christmas story. A wonderful, nice, wonderful movie. But is it about Christ? I don't think so. What a Christmas carol, the good classic one. It had some good values. But I don't think it had anything about Jesus, anything about Christ for a Christmas movie. What about television? What about, what about Little House on the Prairie? One of my favorites, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. Uh, very little about Christ in their Christmas episodes. Uh, you know, Charlie Brown's Christmas, I'm not going to play that. It did include Christ, but not many Christmas movies, not many things we see out in the world keep Christ in Christmas. We could go on and on. And as we see these, we can realize, we may realize why the Puritans outlawed Christmas. Christmas was no longer about Jesus. But we as Christians must make sure our view of Christmas is from the Bible and we keep Christ in Christmas. We keep the Christmas holiday season focused on Jesus. My theme today is, once again, keep Christ in Christmas. So it's part two. I want to look at Matthew 2 and show you people who miss Christmas. And I encourage you, don't be like them. So please turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 2. We're going to read verses 1 through 12. Matthew 2, 1 through 12. I'll give you five seconds to turn there. Maybe 30. Matthew 2, 1 through 12 on your Bibles or your smartphones. I encourage you to turn there so that you can read along with me and stay there and park there. And we're going to talk about people who missed Christmas. People who missed the first Christmas. Matthew 2. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them the exact time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. And when you have found him, report to me, so that I too may come and worship him. After hearing the king, they went their way. The star which they had seen in the east went on before them, until it came and stood, stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. And they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. So in this text, in this passage, we see at least three people groups who missed Jesus. They missed Jesus. And we can contrast them with the wise men, the Magi, who did not miss Jesus. They did not miss the first Christmas. How many wise men were there? 
We don't know, right? Anybody going to say three? No, okay. Yeah, we don't know. I think they had a whole entourage, and they probably made quite a scene entering Jerusalem with their caravan, with their group. And what we see here first is Herod missed Jesus. Herod missed Jesus. In verse 1 of chapter 2, it says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem. And then it goes on. Herod was afraid of another king. Herod was the local king of Jerusalem, the local king of Jerusalem under Rome's authority. Herod wasn't even Jewish. Herod wasn't even Jewish. Herod was an Edomite which means he was a descendant of Esau. He was a descendant of Esau. He wasn't even Jewish. And Jewish kings were to be descendants of David. So Herod wasn't even a rightful king. There are big major reasons why Herod would have been afraid of a Messiah. Herod did not want to give up his throne. He was not a rightful king. And he did not want to bow to the rightful king. Herod not only missed Christmas. Matthew chapter 2 verse 16 later on tells us that Herod killed children two and under. Herod was so afraid of another king that he slaughtered the children of that age range. Now what about you? Let's make it specific and practical. Have you missed Jesus during Christmas seasons in the past? Are you missing Jesus? You might be able to say, I'm here, aren't I? But really, have you really made Jesus Lord? Are you making Jesus Lord during this holiday, this Christmas season? Is Jesus the rightful king of your life? Are you like Herod, not wanting to surrender to the true king? There are many people who want Jesus as a resource or a nice spiritual friend, or even someone to keep us out of hell. But these same people do not want to make Jesus king and call him Lord. Is Jesus king and is he Lord? of your life. It's not too late. You know, we should worship Jesus as Lord every day of the year. We should celebrate his birth now and every day of the year we should celebrate his birth, life, and resurrection all the time. We should make him Lord of our life all the time. Some of us may have the Herod, pro the Herod problem. We do not want another king. We want to be king of our own life. If that's the case, we miss Christmas. We miss Jesus just like Herod. We will not bow to King Jesus. I encourage you, I challenge you, I exhort you. Bow to King Jesus. Make him Lord of your life. Don't miss Jesus during the Christmas season. Second group that missed Jesus, and this is just striking, the teachers of the law and the priests missed Christmas. In Matthew chapter 2, the same chapter we read, verses 3 through 4, Herod called together the, teacher, the teachers of the law and the priests. He called them together and he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. Where is the Messiah to be born? They responded in Bethlehem of Judea. They knew, but they didn't go there. They didn't drop everything and go see the Messiah born in Bethlehem. They had to have known why Herod asked. Why did they not go and look for the Messiah? And they are totally without excuse. These are the teachers of the law. They are the scribes. They are the religious leaders. They should have known better. I think they were obviously indifferent. They were happy as religious scholars. I think this is an important example of what we face. Many of us become indifferent to Jesus. We become indifferent to Jesus. So what happens? Instead of making Jesus the center of Christmas, we let culture, we let culture dictate what Christmas is all about. 
Our family pays the price. We make Christmas about, about materialism and not about Jesus. We make Christmas about family, which is good. But we neglect, but we neglect Jesus. We neglect Jesus. There are many good things, but they're not good if they're in front of Jesus. Christmas must first and foremost be about Jesus. Even with your family events and your family activities, Jesus must be number one. It's not too late. Change now. Keep Christ in Christmas. Don't be indifferent to Christ. We do not want Christ to be indifferent to us, do we? I bet that is not all. It appears from Scripture. So Herod missed Jesus. The teachers of the law and the scribes missed Jesus. And now it appears from Scripture that the people living in the immediate vicinity of the birth of Jesus missed Christmas as well. He was born in a stable. The Bible says there, were no, there was no room for them in the inn. Now, we know the inn, hospitality, was very important back then. They were likely looking for a family who had an extra place for them to stay. And all these families missed Jesus. Now, they did not know the significance. They were all concerned with the census. So in many ways, these families could not be held accountable. They were all concerned with the census. They were concerned with what was going on. They were concerned with their business affairs. They were concerned with everything else. And that can happen to us too, can't it? We have other things approaching. We have other things going on. And we miss Jesus at Christmas season. When you really study it and you think about it, there was a ton going on around that time. With the census, everybody's traveling. The, po the, the population of that area probably swelled, which is why there was no room for them in the end. Nobody could, could host them. All this heavy traffic in Jerusalem and Bethlehem, donkeys getting into car accident, donkey accidents, and then people are concerned about insurance issues and whose donkey hit whose and who's at fault. They miss Jesus. They miss Jesus. You now know. You know the significance of Jesus. You know the significance of the Messiah. I exhort you. I encourage you. Keep Christ in Christmas. Keep Christ in Christmas. Because we miss Christmas too. So I encourage all of you, and myself certainly as well, respond like the Magi. Respond like the Magi in verses 10 through 11. We need to worship Jesus. These Magi came from the east. They had a long journey, and they did not miss Christmas. They likely traveled for over a year. They sacrificed. Let's think of some ideas to keep Christ in Christmas. I have an idea. Watch a family movie like the Nativity Story. The Nativity Story is a movie that came out in 2006, and it was a movie that kept Christ in it. It was all about the birth of Jesus. It's very accurate, tracing the story of Joseph and Mary traveling to Bethlehem. Watch that as a family. And remember Jesus and his birth in the manger. You have younger kids. A movie came out last year called The Star, and it was an animated movie about the birth of Jesus from the perspective of animals. It would be a good family movie, Keeping Christ in Christmas. As I shared two weeks ago, read the Christmas story as a family. Read from Matthew 1 and 2, from Luke 1 and 2. Read a, a devotional as a family, Our Daily Bread or Today in the Word. Focus extra on Christ. Add family devotions. Hopefully, you'll keep doing family devotions after the Christmas season. Keep Christ in Christmas. Start praying as a family this Christmas season. 
serve at the rescue mission or heart reach ministries or the pregnancy help center. Don't just send money. Go and serve yourself. I once heard the president of Cedarville when I was a student there said that his family would go and serve at a homeless shelter on Thanksgiving and Christmas. It is a time of year during these holidays when they have trouble getting help. So go and serve as a family. I know a church, Gingersburg, uh, which is just north of Dayton. The pastor there challenges the church family to give as much or more than they give for their family Christmas gifts to the ministries overseas that they support. It's a big deal. He wrote a book. It's called Jesus, uh, Christmas is Not Your Birthday. Give to a mission and give yourself. Give as a family. Model missions as a family. Sometimes we just look for those organizational opportunities to serve. If the church is doing it, we jump on board. And that's wonderful, but do it as a family. Model missions as a family during the Christmas season. Keep Christ in Christmas. Jesus' birth changed the world. I talked about that two weeks ago. It changed the world. He changed the world. They were waiting for a Messiah for thousands of years, probably some... Um, 3,500 years or so. They were waiting for a Messiah, and Jesus' birth changed the world. Don't miss Jesus. Keep Christ in Christmas. Don't allow the busyness of life, the Christmas shopping, the family get-togethers, and everything else to keep you from the importance of Christmas. Don't let the busyness of this time of year, and it certainly is busy, to keep you or make you miss Jesus. I'm going to have them put a picture up. This dog didn't miss Christmas. Can you see, put that picture up. There it is. The dog didn't miss Christmas. He chose to help out Jesus in the manger. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, God so loved you, that he sent his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Don't miss Christmas. Keep Christ in Christmas. Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Some of these verses, like John 3.16, are simple and yet profound. Or what about Matthew 1.23? Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. Keep Christ in Christmas. One of the greatest, most impactful things that you can do this Christmas season is as you celebrate Jesus' birthday, make it your own spiritual birthday as well. Maybe you've been living for Jesus, maybe you were living for Jesus, and you fell away, you've backslidden, you've fallen away. I encourage you, take this time today, you're never promised tomorrow, today to recommit your life to Jesus. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. It doesn't matter if you come to church. You know... Church mice are in the church, but that doesn't mean they're Christians, right? So I'm asking you if you attend church. Have you surrendered to Jesus as Lord and Savior? The Bible tells us to confess we are sinners in need of a Savior. Believe. We don't have any mice in our church, by the way, okay? Just so you know. There are no mice. Past churches, yes. There was a Mickey in there. But, um, you know, the Bible teaches us we have to confess we are a sinner in need of a Savior. Believe that Jesus is the only Savior. We must commit our lives to him and trust in him. Have you done that? Have you given your life over to Jesus? The first step in not missing Jesus is surrendering to Jesus as Lord and a Savior. 
I want to give a closing prayer, just a general prayer, asking God to help us to keep him uh, at the center of Christmas, but also give a prayer of commitment. If you've not surrendered your life to Jesus, it's an opportunity to do that, uh, for you to do that today. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for coming and being born and living for us and dying on the cross for our sins. We give you praise and worship. Lord Jesus, help us to keep Christmas focused on you. Help us to keep you in Christmas. We need your help, Lord, because the sin nature and the pressures of the world and the devil, they're all trying to pull us in different directions. They're all trying to make us push you out of Christmas. Jesus, help us to keep our life focused on you. And if there's anyone here right now who have never surrendered their life to you and made you Lord, Lord and Savior, may today be the day of salvation. Maybe they were surrendered to you, but they haven't been living for you. May today be the day of recommitting their life to you. May they respond in a simple prayer such as this. If you'd like to surrender to Jesus today, tell him that in a prayer like this. Lord Jesus, I recognize that I've sinned and missed your perfect standard. I believe in you, Jesus, that you lived a sinless life, fully God and fully man, and died on the cross for my sins and rose again. I'm committing my life to you and trusting in you. Help me to live for you. Holy Spirit, help us all to live for you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.